You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dustin Gold Standard. My name is Dustin Gold, and you are listening to Pain.tv slash gold. All right, folks, let's take a look at this quickly. Bank for International Settlements, BIS.org. It says, BIS Foundation in Crisis, 1930 to 1939. The Bank for International Settlements was created in 1930 at the Hague Conference, a convention respecting the establishment of the Bank for International Settlements was signed between Belgium, France, Germany, Italy, Japan, and the United Kingdom on the one hand and Switzerland on the other. Now, Think of me as like a history teacher, folks. See, I've said many times in the show, part of why I'm doing this is to build a homeschool lesson, the basis for a homeschool lesson on the history of our country for my son, William. So when he's four or five years old, starting to really understand what's going on, this is a lot of the history I'm going to teach him. This is about the people that actually control the world we live in. You don't learn all this stuff in uh, the public indoctrination centers. So there's no point in learning sort of a full-blown history on a country that is not a country any longer. I mean, I'm obviously going to teach him about the founding, but I'm going to basically do a lesson in three days on the founding. I think at this point, the founding that we learn about He's like learning the founding of uh, the Roman Empire. You only need to know so much because it doesn't exist anymore. So we need to learn about the current power structures, the people that have control over the world. And this is going to be the basis for that. So when I'm going through this, I am helping you with whatever you're going to teach your kids or grandkids, trying to understand who's in power today, how this system actually works you know if that's important to you all right next is the bank for international settlements during the second world war 1939 to 1948 in the late 1930s international cooperation became difficult due to growing political and military tensions during this period the bis was instrumental in shipping gold from europe to the safety of new york mostly on behalf of european central banks now the other thing i will point out is we can get into uh you know the real history of all these things which we'll eventually do in the show i'm talking 50 60 episodes out we'll go back get into the real history of all this because this is the official narrative obviously coming off the bank for international settlements website but this is the narrative that uh anyone growing up uh under an education in finance or economics or geopolitics if they go to college for this this is what they're learning so we're learning what they're learning this is what they actually believe all right and we can get into uh conspiracies and everything else behind all of these institutions which i'm going to do i'm eventually going to do but right now uh, i'm just teaching you about what the official narrative is and why these folks have so much power all right it says the bis is a forum for european monetary cooperation 1947 to 1993 
In the aftermath of World War II, Europe's priority was stabilizing the different national currencies before trade and foreign exchange restrictions could be gradually lifted. The European countries turned to the Bank for International Settlements to act as the technical agent for creating a European payments union. The BIS going global, 1961 to present. The success of the European Payments Union in restoring currency convertibility in Europe in 1958 meant that the Bretton Woods system was finally operational throughout the Western world. A good deal of international cooperation was required to keep this system running smoothly. And then it says here, the BIS is the new financial architecture, 1997 to present. The 1997 Asian crisis and 1998 Russian crisis prompted further rethinking of the global financial architecture. In February 1999, the Financial Stability Forum was created, which became the Financial Stability Board in 2009 to coordinate the work of national financial authorities and international national standard setting bodies all right so that's a brief history there on the bank for international settlements all right we're moving over now to the world bank that's worldbank.org and it says right on the front page of their website what we do the world bank works in every major area of development we provide a wide array of financial products and technical assistance and we help countries share and apply innovative knowledge and solutions to the challenges they face. All right. And so you can go through this website and read all this nonsensical stuff about all the things that these guys are doing. But we're going to go over here to the history of the World Bank. All right. It says uh, Bretton Woods Conference in July 1944, one year before the end of World War II, delegates from 44 countries met for the United Nations Monetary and Financial Conference held at the Mount Washington Hotel in Bretton Woods, New Hampshire. The conference aimed to create the framework for post-war international economic cooperation and reconstruction. The intellectual leaders at the conference were John Maynard Keynes, advisor to the Treasury in the United Kingdom, and Harry Dexter White, assistant secretary of the Treasury in the United States. Again, this is World Bank uh, official narrative stuff here, folks, just so you understand the history. I mean, this stuff minimally should be in uh, history books at the public indoctrination centers because these are the controlling powers here, right? It says, while the conference resulted in the formation of two institutions, the International Monetary Fund, right, which we're about to get into, and the International Bank for Reconstruction and Development, that's the World Bank, the creation of the World Bank was not the primary focus. The majority of time and effort was spent on the IMF Commission under Harry Dexter White's leadership. The work of the World Bank Commission, on the other hand, occurred only in the last few days of the conference and its articles of agreement, primarily drafted by John Maynard Keynes, included rebuilding the economies of countries devastated by war and increasing the economic development of developing countries. So what do you see right there? It starts off in July 1994, uh, 1944, one year before the end of World War II, right? These guys all meet at the Bretton Woods 
uh, New Hampshire Convention. And what comes out of it? The International Monetary Fund and the World Bank. And for what purposes, right? Rebuilding the economies of countries devastated by war and increasing the economic development of developing countries. So let me ask you this. A year before World War II ends, these guys, all these bankers, are meeting in New Hampshire to form the IMF and the World Bank, of which today are two of the three major groups. Well, and if you want to add in the United Nations, you can, and the World Economic Forum, but that really sits below IMF, World Bank, and Bank for International Settlements. You have them saying, oh, well, we went to World War II. Now, now we have to rebuild the economies of the countries devastated by war. Does that, does that pique some interest with in you that maybe one of the reasons, and it's not the only reason, all of these things have multiple purposes, but maybe one of the reasons why we had a world war was to bring in the creation of a World Bank and the International Monetary Fund to oversee all these countries. You ask yourself, If you have all these countries that each have these central banks and all these central banks are connected together, you would ask how these countries, I mean, in modern day, in present day, how all these countries are at war with each other if the central bankers are all operating together and all these countries have these international treaties on an international monetary system. Hmm. Interesting, right? Because the money makes the world go round, folks. The money makes the world go round. So you'd have to say to yourself, that's interesting. Maybe part of the reason of World War II was so that they could introduce the IMF and the World Bank. Now, let's just go back over here uh, to the uh, BIS.org history. And I just want to pull back up. uh, Where is it, folks? Right, so it says... I'm back here at the BIS going global 1961 to present. The success of the European Payments Union restoring currency convertibility in Europe in 1958 meant that the Bretton Woods system was finally operational throughout the Western world, right? So they're talking about this Bretton Woods system, all right, what they created out of Bretton Woods with the World Bank and the IMF. Right, so first you had Bank for International Settlements, and then you have this convention, right? So BIS starts in 1930, and then you have, well, 1930 coming out of um, uh, this agreement here between Belgium, France, Germany, Italy, Japan, and the United Kingdom, and then Switzerland. And then you go to 1944, now brings in the IMF and the World Bank. All right, so now... Uh, As we go further down into the World Bank, we're going to look, 1946 to 1967. And I hope you're writing this down, folks. This is history class. I'm Professor Gold. (laughs) I would have been a terrible, terrible school teacher. I would have told the kids to disobey me and challenge me at every chance they got. It says the World Bank is uh, builder and engineer. The bank's first loan was to France, and loans to other European countries filed. This is the World Bank. But when the 1947 Marshall Plan took over post-war week reconstruction efforts in Europe, the bank quickly shifted to funding infrastructure projects around the world in sectors such as power, irrigation, and transportation. The first loan to a non-European country was to Chile in 1948 for $13.5 million for hydroelectric power generation. 
Commission. The bank also initiated a technical assistance program and in 1955 established the Economic Development Institute to provide training to officials from member countries. Now, as we start to break all this down going into the future, I'm just telling you, I'm introducing this to you now because we're about to get into more panel discussions and I want you to have an understanding of who all these groups are and the players are. But as we go further into research, we're talking 15, 20 episodes out, I'm going to start tying this stuff, the Marshall Plan, building of infrastructure in various countries, uh, all this stuff post-World War II. You know, we've talked about Operation Paperclip, bringing 1,500 Nazis over here, MK Ultra, the Nazi torture experiments that we continued here in the United States. You're going to see that a lot of this stuff that grew out of World War II such as FDR's New Deal and Social Security and all these other things that came to fruition, folks, coming out of the Great Depression and then going into World War II, growing out of World War II. We're going to start to look at the timeline of all this stuff, and you're going to see how the World Bank and the IMF and the BIS played major roles in helping establish the foundation and the elements needed to build an infrastructure for an international technate an international technocracy that's eventually where we're going to go with this folks so you know uh the way my mind is thinking right now and right now my mind is only thinking about one thing i need to take a short break i'll be right back this is dust and gold with the dust and gold standard right here on pain.tv slash gold you're listening to the dust and gold standard on pain.tv join the discussion at pain.tv slash Gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. I am Dustin Gold, and this is the Dustin Gold Standard. You are listening to Pain. Dot TV slash gold. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Let's jump right back into this, folks. We're just looking at the history of the World Bank here. It says, during the early years, the bank evolved to meet the needs of its members. In 1956, the International Finance Corporation, the IFC, was established to focus exclusively on the private sector. And in 1960, the International Development Association, the IDA, was created to provide resources for less creditworthy members. The IFC's first loan was to Brazil in the amount of $2 million for the manufacture of electrical equipment. The bank also mediated three international disputes that had an economic element, the nationalization of Iran's oil industry, the development of the Indus River water system, and the financing of the Aswan High Dam on the Nile. Now, as you can see here, all right, that's 1946 to 1967. As you can see here, and the title of this is the World Bank as Builder and Engineer, right? Can you start to see all the control? Where do you think all these projects over time have come from? Where do you think globalization, 
the idea of globalization came from. It didn't just magically appear, folks. It's been here for a very long time, a very long time. So again, just put it into context with when we talk about uh, the idea of this constitutional republic is dead. We were forming these international bodies, you know, 100 years ago. Uh, this stuff has been in play for a long time. Let's go on. 1968 to 1981, the World Bank confronts poverty. All right. By the 1970s, over 40% of people in developing countries lived in absolute poverty. And in response, the World Bank's projects aimed to help the poor directly. World Bank President Robert McNamara coined the term, quote, absolute poverty, end quote, in his 1973 annual meeting speech and was the first to communicate the World Bank's twin goals, quote, to accelerate economic growth and to reduce poverty, end quote. That was from the World Development Report in 1978. These concepts transformed the bank into the institution focused on the development that we know today. Now, I, I, I'm not saying this. I would have to do individual research, or research on individual countries and their situations and everything else at the time. But I think absolute poverty is in the eyes of the beholder. You would have to go investigate that. I don't know. If you owned 10 acres, right, uh, and you were supposedly in poverty, but you grew your own vegetables, uh, you just didn't have flat screen TVs and three BMW payments and a McMansion, I mean, are you in poverty? Is the technocratic, technological, materialistic, consumeristic society that we move the world into post-World War II considered to be wealthy and rich in what terms? And so if you're strapped down with a $3,000 a month mortgage payment and four car payments and you have a bunch of uh, flat screen TVs, computers, iPads, tablets, smartwatches, and Amazon ring cameras, I mean, does that make you wealthy? Or would you honestly... Let's would you be willing to trade that this system of slavery? Would you be willing to trade that if you had 10 acres out in the middle of nowhere? Uh, let's say half Amish, you have electricity, but you're growing your own food, you have your own cattle, you have those skills uh, to be able to uh, slaughter and butcher those animals, and you barely have to go out and work on the terms of work today because you're self-sustaining. I mean, would you trade that if you could snap your fingers and have that tomorrow? I mean, would you trade what you have, what you consider to be wealth, it's wealth within this world. I'm not sitting here preaching to go Gandhi and everything or to go full Amish. I'm just asking. So when the banks came in, the world banks, and they started loaning money, basically putting all of these so-called uh, poverty-stricken countries they were apparently doing fine up to this point when they started loaning them money, basically putting them into debt, indebting them to the World Bank, you know, to the IMF, to the Bank for International Settlements, to this global central banking system. Do you think those people were better off before or after? I mean, are they wealthy now because they get to drive around a Tesla? I mean, is that what wealth means? And does wealth mean happiness? Or is happiness in your heart? I know that money in the world that we live in today makes things easier, right? If you know your bills are paid next month without stressing. So it brings down stress levels and can allow you to be happier. 
But I found in the last couple of years since my divorce, I've looked at the world in a different way. And happiness is in my heart. It's a state of mind. I don't need to have everything. I had a lot of things before. And I realized that I actually wasn't happy. I wasn't really that happy. Now, I am extremely happy. And yes, to know that I have money to pay my bills next month makes me happier. I've been up. I've been down throughout my life. Uh, Back before I was married, I was in corporate entertainment. I used to make a lot of money. And I run around with my expensive suits on, and I blew a lot of that money. I wasn't very responsible. Uh, I would go do a big corporate job. Then I would go party. Uh, I would just do whatever I wanted whenever I wanted because I was only responsible for myself. And I never really had a dream of uh, being married and having a kid. I didn't think about that back in my late 20s, early 30s. Uh, But, you know, all of a sudden you're looking at the history here now where we go in, uh, we form these world banks, we start loaning money to these supposedly poor countries, we get them in debt to the world banks, to the central banking system. And then we go build these technocratic prison planets around them. Everything that we're seeing today, everything that folks on different podcasts are talking about coming out of the World Economic Forum has been in motion for decades, you know, almost 100 years. This is why it was important that we looked at the history of Technocracy Incorporated and the Technical Alliance and the Committee on Technocracy and the Progressive Era Eugenics Movement that was going on all around the world that leads us to transhumanism, that leads us to the current technocratic state, that leads us to central bank digital currencies, this system of total control, because this is the untaught true history of our country uh, of the world you know of the western world the developed world this is actually the true history of how we got to where we are today and i think it's important to fully understand this you are reteaching yourself you are understanding the actual truth so when things are happening today we don't say oh no this is what they said at the that was decided years ago the trajectory was put into motion many many years ago it goes on to say lending to member countries increased 12-fold between 1968 and 1981 and expanded into new sectors, environment, rural, development, water, sanitation, education, and others. This is all stuff the World Bank was uh, funding. The global effort to eradicate river blindness is one example of how the bank worked to improve the lives of the poor, which was different from the large infrastructure projects that were done in the bank's first 20 years. The first loan for the environment was in 1971 for pollution control in Brazil, and the bank subsequently built environmental safeguards into its process. During the 1970s, economists were the primary advisors in the bank, but staff with different skills in anthropology, sociology, environmental science, and other sectors were hired to provide even more expertise to clients. So you brought all the scientists in. See, this is the technocracy, and this is where it's all managed. So now, we're the World Bank. We're giving you big, giant loans. We're going to bring you out of poverty. We're going to turn you into a developing country. We're going to move you into second world status, and then eventually first world status. But you have to take our money, and you have to let our scientists come in 
and take over your governments because it's being run at a world international bureaucratic level at this point when you go and look at the local laws and zoning and stuff going on in your town and your counties you're going to find sustainability riddled throughout all those documents that's because your own town whether they know it or not is on board with the un agendas but it all comes back to the world bank the imf bank for international settlements they're setting the standards when you hear about ESGs today and all this wokeness going on in the companies, it all stems from these organizations. The people that control this made-up money system, whether it's fiat cash, you know, coins, or digital tokens, they control the monetary system. Therefore, they can force everyone into doing exactly what they want to do. And they're not doing it to make the world a better place. They're doing it to have total control. Wide Awake Jim is going to talk about some of the projects going on today where they're actually tracking every fish in the water i've talked about it as basically installing a microsoft operating system into everything on earth down to the last blade of grass down to the last mosquito well you can see the origins of this stuff here going back almost 100 years ago the very beginning with the world bank the central bankers started deciding they're going to lend money to people if you do this if you do x y and z if you watch in your rivers if you do better agriculture so the world bank the bankers the central bankers come in and they start to push their own agenda this system of control through the money they're lending while at the same time driving you or driving these countries or the citizens of these countries that didn't vote for any of this into uh, debt slavery into debt slavery because the banks are loaning them the money to do these projects it says here 1982 to 1994 economies in transition and structural adjustment the 1980s and 90s brought additional challenges related to oil shocks debt crises and environmentalism and the bank reacted by bringing new skills and safeguards into its work as well as structural adjustment but you see they're going in to solve many of the problems that they actually created it's a problem reaction solution loop structural adjustment loans came with policy conditions such as fiscal discipline tax reform and liberalization of foreign direct investment but while they were intended to improve the policy and institutional environment in which the loans were made their overall effectiveness was debated internally and in the client community so you see they come in with the money they dangle the money but with the money comes policy conditions so now if you want the money you have to do xyz and that's exactly what the central bank digital currency does all the way down to the retail level to the consumer level to our level you will be able to get this money in the form of what a social security disability welfare ebt universal basic income but it comes with a set of conditions you need to be vaccinated you need to get your college degree you need to uh, pay your taxes you need to do x y and z it's always tied to conditions folks the money they dangle whether it's paper monopoly money or digital tokens is the carrot is the carrot and then the stick is oh we're going to turn you off we're going to shut you down we're going to stop you from buying and selling in the system if you don't go along but we will give you the money if you do 
X, Y, and Z. And this was going on at a grander scale back here between 82 and 94 and even before that. It says in the 1990s, the bank assisted former Soviet nations to redirect their economies after the dissolution of the Union of Soviet Socialist Republics. And many of these newly sovereign nations became World Bank members. In 1991, the Global Environment Facility, the GEF, was established to further the focus on safeguarding the environment. And in 1996, the heavily indebted poor countries debt initiative was improved to enable poor countries to focus on sustainable development and reducing poverty. The World Bank added another institution to the group when the Multilateral Investment Guarantee Agency, MIGA, was formed in 1988 to provide political risk assurance and credit enhancement to investors and lenders. All right, and it's funny because my wife was just telling me, uh, as we read here, the bank assisted former Soviet nations to redirect their economies after the dissolution of the Union of Soviet Socialist Republics, and many of these newly sovereign nations became World Bank members. I'm not saying the Soviet Union was a good thing. My wife grew up, uh, she was born in 1983, All right, so they started breaking up in 90. I think they fully cleared out of Poland in 92. So until she was almost 10 years old, she grew up under that system. Her parents, my in-laws, grew up under the uh, system, and it was really bad. It It was really strict. They gave out food coupons and everything else. But see, when we go break these countries up, we then go in and we stick these central banks in there. And now you're under the control of the bankers. Uh, That's how it works. And my wife was telling me she came here to go to college when she was, I think, 19 to American University. And she was going, I think, for geopolitics at first. And so she actually told me that she was uh, almost uh, intern with the World Bank, and then she read a book, I forget the name of it, about how evil they were, and actually decided not to pursue going into that. But a lot of the people that come over here as immigrants from Europe, like my wife, they go to college, they get a lot of degrees, and then they get sucked into working for things like the UN, the World Bank, International Monetary Fund. She said a lot of people she knows ended up working inside of these organizations. All right, folks, when we get back more on this, we have to finish it up. You have to have an understanding of where all this stuff comes from it's not new it's been around we just haven't been taught the truth ladies and gentlemen i'll be right back this is dustin gold with the dustin gold standard right here on pain.tv slash gold you're listening to the dustin gold standard on pain.tv join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold 